Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything set in the virtual platform is deemed to have been set to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute it when recognized to speak. There are still microphones on this platform that have not been muted. I will start calling out the names of the members who have not muted. When, request, uh, when recognized to speak, you can only unmute your microphone then and connect your video. You do not need to connect your video when you are not speaking. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of the screens, which has an option that allows a member to put his or hand up to raise a point of order. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from making unnecessary points of order or interjections. I also want to caution members that if you do cause a disturbance and you have not been recognized to speak, I will request the Sergeant of Arms to immediately remove you from the virtual platform. This will ensure that we can conduct our business in an orderly manner. Honorable members, we shall now proceed to the order, which is a debate on vote number 40, the Transport Adjustments Appropriation Bill. I now recognize the Honorable Minister of Transport. Is the Honorable Minister of Transport on the platform? The Honourable Minister of Transport, can you unmute your mic, please, and also switch on your video? May I request one of the agency whips to please alert the Honourable Minister of Transport that is expected to start the debate? Failing which I will have to go to the first speaker after the minister. Is the chairperson of the committee, the Honorable Zwane, ready to debate? Point of order. Yes, Honorable Member, what is the point of order? It seems to me, Chair, that we have to have a tabling of the budget in order for us to debate it. And so the very premise of our gathering today is the statement by the minister. Uh, unless we would be breaking the very idea of the rule of anticipation, uh, if we start debating and uh, there is no tabling of the proposed changes uh, uh, as per the ministry. So we have to get a hold of the minister uh, in order to have you know, a very orderly uh, uh, debate. So I would really plead that you don't take the second speaker because all of us are responding to him. Yes, I note what you're saying, Honorable Dlozzi, but uh, the budget adjustments have been tabled when the Minister of Finance tabled the adjustments in Parliament, and then it was referred to the committees. We're just now debating the adjustments, but let's take a few minutes. We'll be back so that we can determine where the Honorable Minister is. He is on the platform, 
I see is there, but his microphone is off and his video is off. So the ANC whoops on the platform must please assist us. You are delaying the business of this virtual sitting. Thank you, Honourable Minister. Thank you, thank you, Honourable Minister. You may proceed. The Honourable Minister of Transport. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Honourable Chairperson, uh, Honourable Members. Uh, the impact uh, of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has had a devastating effect on the economy and the transport sector has not been left unscathed. We have seen the disruptive effect of this pandemic, uh, not only in our way of life, of but also in the delivery of services to the populace. It is for this reason that the budget presented in February this year had to be adjusted in order to in better prepare us not only in fighting the pandemic and the transport, but also not in ensuring that the economy stays afloat. Transport is undoubtedly the golden thread of the way of life that binds all the elements of the economic value chain together. For this reason, that the budget presented in February this year. And without transport, in order to in uh, workers will not be able to report for duty to engage in economic activity. Without uh, transport, finished products will not be able to leave the factory floor to reach the market. Without transport, consumers will not be able to access retail outlets to buy the goods. This budget is not only about cuts to necessitate the allocation of resources to the countless critical touch points in the fight against COVID-19, but also a rearrangement of jack chairs to enable us to respond better to the impact on the sector and on our entities. This pandemic has further amplified to buy the challenges confronting us, particularly in public transport. The divide between the poor who rely on mass transit public transport and those who have access to private vehicles has been laid bare by the current circumstances. Equally so, our interventions to ease their burden have to be mindful of their circumstances. It is precisely for this reason that we made a strong case for a taxi relief support for an industry that is the major mover of our people. The 1.135 billion allocation towards the taxi relief support is not a compensation for loss of business, but an honest gesture on the part of government to meet the industry halfway. While we have yet to find each other on how this relief support should be disbursed, we remain hopeful that our ongoing discussions will yield outcomes that are beneficial to the industry within the limited resources. Equally so, we are mindful that uh, intensifying our investments in infrastructure will add momentum in retaining our economy to a stable 
footing quicker. It is for that reason we have to support our major entities, such as Airports Company of South Africa, uh, Sandral, and uh, Prasa, in forging ahead with their infrastructure projects. South Africa's urban areas are hubs of economic activity. Therefore, it is crucial that they maintain optimal functionality and remain engines of socioeconomic growth. We are equally mindful of the urgent task to look at rationalizing some of our entities as part of streamlining our approach to service delivery. This is a matter that reflects in our priorities as part of the reimagining safety and security in the transport sector. We are hard at work in aligning entities. As part of this, we will begin the process to prepare the port regulator for integration into the transport economic regulator, which, in, which integration will be given legal effect once the bill currently before parliament has been passed into law. While the budget shifts in themselves do not represent any fundamental departure from what we seek to deliver, they nevertheless shift our immediate focus and require us to place emphasis on stabilizing service delivery in the new normal. This revised physical framework also accounts for substantial revenue losses emanating from the economic shock of COVID-19. The lockdown significantly delayed planned programs, projects, and expenditure in the sector. As a result, the department, provinces, and municipalities in their revised budget allocation for 2020-2021 for will show deferred milestones and targets. The impact on their operational revenue and how they intend to mitigate the risk towards desired recovery. The revision exercise thus focused, amongst others, on downscaling performance targets. Honorable members, the special adjustment budget, which in the main amounted to a net decrease of 4.6 billion in the department's 2020-21 budget allocation, proposes adjustments to our budget towards the provision for the rapidly changing economic conditions and enable spending on the COVID-19 response. These adjustments are therefore packaged along two categories. The first category proposes reallocation of funds. The reallocation is a consequence of the baseline reduction, which resulted in downward adjustment to the baselines of the Praza Rolling Stock Renewal Program to the tune of 1.021 billion the Provincial Road Maintenance Grant to the tune of 1.756 billion, Sandral Nantol Capital to the tune of 1.096 billion rand, and the Public Transport Network Grant to the tune of 1.902 billion. The allocation for the taxi relief support to the tune of 1.135 billion is funded from this baseline adjustment. The secondary category proposes a reprioritization of funds within the transport budget vote. To this effect, an amount of 349 million will be shifted across programs from goods and services and the tax recapitalization program to fund the shortfalls of our distressed entities. The cross-border road transport agency, CBRTA, will receive 104 million 
the road traffic uh, agency RTA will receive 200 million and the RSR will receive 15.8 million. A total of 25 million was also reprioritized for the procurement of personal protective equipment for the public transport industry. The reprioritization of conditional grants will see the public transport operations grant uh, allocated 6.749 billion for the financial year of which 337 million is earmarked for the procurement of PPEs for public transport facilities and operations. The public transport network grant will see a total allocation of 6.446 billion and up to 15% of this allocation to the tune of 681.5 million is earmarked for the procurement of PPEs for buses and taxis. Honorable Chairperson, a number of our entities that have been heavily impacted by the lockdown did not receive additional allocations in this adjusted budget. This includes RAF and uh, SACA, civil aviation. However, this will be dealt with through the medium-term budget policy adjustment. As stated, COVID-19 had a negative impact on the plans and operations of the department and sector entities, particularly for 2020-2021 financial year. To mitigate the impact of the pandemic, the following revisions were effected on the annual performance plan. Uh, program one administration, an amount of 96.6 million has been shifted from savings on the program's goods and services to fund shortfalls in distressed entities. Program two, 10.7 million has been shifted from savings on goods and services to fund shortfalls in distressed entities. Program three, rail transport. In total, the program is reduced to the tune of 1.012 billion. These reductions include baseline reduction of the Praza rolling stock renewal program reprioritization of funds from savings on the tax recapitalization program to fund revenue shortfall of the railway safety regulator. An amount of 1.260 billion has also been reprioritized from process capital budget to operations budget to fund the revenue shortfall as well as COVID-19 related expenditure within the program. To that effect, due to the inherent delays in milestone for the current financial year, the target to develop the national rail bill this year has been deferred. Program four, road transport. In total, the program has been reduced by an amount of 2.55 billion rent. This reduction constitutes a baseline reduction from the Sunrun non-tour. Program five, civil aviation. Funds have been reprioritized from savings on the watchkeeping services and goods and services to fund the revenue shortfalls in distressed entities and for the procurement of PPEs for the public transport industry. The target to submit the air services bill to cabinet this financial year has been deferred. Program six, maritime transport funds have been shifted from savings on goods and services to fund shortfalls in distressed entities and for the procurement of PPEs for the public transport industry. 
no revisions were effected in the maritime targets for the current financial year. Program seven, public transport. In total, the program has been reduced to the tune of 1.008 billion. This constitutes baseline reductions of the PTNG to the tune of 1.90 billion. The tax recapitalization program to the tune of 250 million and 9.7 million from goods and services. An amount of 1.135 billion has been reallocated towards the tax relief and uh, 25 million for the procurement of personal protective equipment for the taxi industry. Targets for scrapping of old taxi vehicles and Shobakalula bicycle distribution program were downscaled. It is worth noting that the revision of the annual performance plan 2020-2021 does not significantly impact on the strategic plan 2020-2025. The strategic plan, which has a five-year five outlook, will only be reviewed at the end of the financial year. Further revisions will be made by our state-owned entities where most of the impact is felt. As we traverse the path towards economic recovery, we are confident that our entities will recover. Will recover. Infusing the Kaulesa ethos in delivering services to our people, our work as a sector is guided by the five strategic priorities we have defined for ourselves. These priorities are the vehicles through which we deliver on the seven apex priorities of the sixth administration. At the center of these priorities is the reimagined safety strategy built on the foundation of seamlessly integrated value chain that incorporate all law enforcement and prosecution authorities. It is equally, it equally takes a holistic view of, of safety across modes. Carnage on our roads remains unacceptably high. Public transport is one of the areas in our head that directly touches the lives of the vast majority of our people. Our interventions will therefore be implemented with renewed vigor, not only to unravel apartheid special planning, but also to stimulate the economy. Each one of us has a critical role to play towards the realization of efficient, safe, reliable, affordable, and integrated public transport. We must all play our part, uh, it organs, be it organs of civil society, arms of the state or spheres of government. This is a promise we must deliver on working together to build a public transport system responsive to the needs of our people. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. The next speaker is the Honorable Zwane. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Hope I'm on the I'm we can, I'm hear you. We, can, we can hear you. May continue, Honorable Member. Thank you. Chairperson of the session, Minister of Transport, Deputy Minister, members of the committee. Honorable members, the last time I stood here to talk about the budget, I raised a number of 
concerns on how the Department of Transport is faring, including its entities. At that particular time, the most concern I raised was around the working and other entities. I am today able to say a number of entities have things done fairly well moving forward to address the concerns that I, I raised at that particular point. Whilst indeed others are still finding their feet, that includes, of course, entities like PRASA, RAF, which are trying to move forward. This adjusted budget is tabled under difficult situations where COVID-19 has caused things to slow down. To some extent, others have actually come to a halt. Why this is the situation, Honorable Minister, I should hasten to say transport remains the backbone of our, our economic activities in this country. And therefore, the expectation from the masses of our people remains the same. Our people are still looking upon us to give them an opportunity to change their lives. Our people are still looking upon us to give them an opportunity to transform this country and become part of the economy in this country as we move forward, changing things, erecting roads, airports, and so forth. There are issues that I raised while standing here the last time, issues like the panel vents that are still remaining to be sorted out. I must hasten to say we are happy, Honorable Minister, that you are sorting things out moving forward in this department. Your attention to the taxi industry as a whole becomes a major relieving factor to try and address this industry completely. We hope beyond this adjusted budget, we will find time to formalize the taxi industry and bring it back to the mainstream. We want to take this opportunity, Honorable Minister, and support your endeavors to ensure that while others were held, the taxi industry was not left behind. You continued to ensure that measures should be taken that ensure that the lives of our people remain safe and secured whilst you did not completely ignore the call by the industry 
that if things are not going to change, the industry will come to a halt. Your leadership in this regard should be applauded. Having said that, Honorable Minister, there are issues that we need to address when it comes to PRASA, ensuring that our rail lines are safe, ensuring that those rail lines have people to look after, like security, and ensure that our people are always safe. Looking at the issues of Riavaya, ensuring that it is efficient and effective. And many other challenges that this budget might try to look into. It is my view, Honorable Minister, that having spent time with this department, you have now come to a point where everything is stable and even the administration is stable and is ready to take things forward. Having said that, we want to assure you of our support as a committee, but also raise the point that we will, without any fear or favor, ensure that we play our oversight and where things need to be raised, we raise issues to be addressed. I'd like to take this opportunity to support the draft budget by the Department of Transport and thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Hansinger. House Chair, Setting scenes on our roads were captured on the N1, N3, N5 and N7 during the last couple of days depicting horrorful images and stories where truckers got petrol bombed, shot and hurt. The DA condemns any form of violence and also the unwillingness of government to take appropriate action and prioritize proper employment legislation. Since March, it was the trucking industry that arrived and kept shells filled, delivering megatons of essential goods and medical supplies, and this despite being denied a decent meal along the road. The DA acknowledges the road transport sector amongst the frontline fighters against COVID-19, and to each and every trucker we say thank you. Apart from less money, increasing backlog in service delivery provision and growing needs, the unwillingness to act appropriately now needs to be added to the cost in keeping the ANC in the transport decision-making seat of South Africa. During nearly every budget speech and occasion, an another entity under the Department of Transport pose a fiscal risk to our economy. And here are some specifics. In this budget, 2.5 billion rand is given to GFIP ETOLs instead of helping another near-completely destroyed transport business like Scholar Transport, City-to-City, long-distance bus and specialized transfer, charter delivery services, and many more. Instead, 2.5 billion rand is used to uphold this conspiracy-infected Gauteng ETO scheme with no appropriate action to date. 
after the incredibly sad aeroplane crash and in the absence of our Saka calibration staff and aircraft, I'm told that King Saka International Airport has been seriously downgraded. This, while I'm aware of at least three companies with suitable South African pilots, aircraft and equipment who could have continued immediately, again, unwilling to take appropriate action. Only 10% of rail under process control now is in service. 10%, not because of COVID, but because assets are not protected. Fact is that security companies left because they were not paid. From tender and contract fraud in the comfortable offices of Prasa buildings, cuddled by rows and rows of company vehicles in reserved parking bays, right through to theft of cables, rail track and signal equipment, to the destruction of stations and buildings, we've witnessed the unwillingness to take appropriate action by five ministers in four years. Recent Toy Story war room fairy tales and the contentiously appointed administrator. Latest being that Transnet diesel locomotives are pulling metro rail commuter coaches, unable to close the doors and control the brakes, again, undermining safety by not taking appropriate action. Safety of passengers, commuters, and travelers should be of highest importance. Also, the protection of assets and capital, which cannot be separated from due diligence and accountable responsibilities. Instead, with this unwillingness to take appropriate action, plunder is enabled, adding to institutional and economic destruction, something which the DA cannot support, and therefore also not this budget. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Nolachungu. The EFF. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson, the EFF rejects the adjusted budget and we reject it for the following reasons. The reality is that South African public transport has been a pillar of how the ruling party has been able to maintain apartheid spatial plan and apartheid economy. COVID-19 continues to have a serious financial impact on all entities of the Department of Transport, but the financial woes of Sunral, RAF, Prasa, Autopex cannot be blamed solely on COVID-19. The pandemic can therefore not be an excuse for the corruption, wasteful and fruitless expenditure, non-performance of entities of a reckless ANC that is putting the lives of the commuters at risk by allowing 100% capacity loading of taxis. Even before pandem the pandemic, rural communities still did not have sustainable transport due to decades of neglect of road infrastructure and public transport. Even before the pandemic, the road accident fund was dysfunctional and had cases of unpaid claims stretching back to 10 years. Even before COVID-19, Autopex was in a mess out of a fleet of 555 buses, only 131 are operating. Autopex did not pay its employees on time in January. The entity has for many years failed to deliver on its mandate and should not be in the market. The EFF will table a private member's bill wherein this matter will be addressed and a solution is provided. 
Autopex board members continued drawing members' fees from an ailing entity. The rail is supposed to be the backbone of the public transport system and the provision of a safe, reliable, efficient, and affordable public transport. Prasa has failed dismally to deliver on its mandate, and the taxi industry has filled the gap, as always. The time has come for the ANC ruling party to seriously consider paving the way towards the subsidization of the taxi industry. The taxi business has proved that it is more responsive to the needs of the commuters and has a wide network which they have built on their own in response to community demand. The ANC claims that the taxi industry is subsidized through the capitalization program. During deliberations with the department, we pointed out that government has already spent five billion on a program that took 20 years to achieve 50% of its target. Why continue with a program that after 20 years has only achieved 50% of its target? We should dig deeper and check who are the shareholders of Anthias Service 84 P2Y Limited that are benefiting from the recapitalization program. It is definitely not the ordinary taxi owners who operate from Langa, Guguletu, or Soweto Taxi Rank. We propose that the recapitalization program be scrapped and that the funds be directed to the formalization of the taxi industry. The same sentiments were echoed by NTA during the engagement with the portfolio committee. NTA also heard for the first time that Santaco was getting 50 million rands from the ANC government every year. As a first step towards the subjugation of the taxi industry, we must formalize the industry and allow them to take over the role of autopex. It makes no sense that we continue investing huge amounts of monies in public transport modes such as autopex, BRT, the old apartheid bus companies such as Padco and Golden Arrow, and the likes. That combined account for only 21% of work trips with rail holding 11% and ignore a single mode that accounts for 68% of work trips. As the vanguard of the poor, the EFF cannot allow a situation where commuters who use taxis pay more on transportation than those using rail and bus. Santaco is post-sponsored with 50 million per annum and nothing for NTA. Is this thing political? Is Santago bringing votes for the ANC? Santago and NTA must have the same benefits and then there must be transparency and accountability. The tax recapitalization subsidy must be converted into an operational subsidy. The taxi industry must be included on the, as the recipient of the public transport network grant. Get rid of autopex and replace it with taxi operators. The EFF will tell you how. Accessible transport must include transport for people with disabilities and the integrated public transport network must cater for the entire travel chain of a wheelchair user from the time they leave home and back at their doorstep. I thank you. Hey, yeah, yes. Thank you, honorable member. Honorable members, we will now proceed to the next speaker, the honorable Sitole.
the IFP, the Honorable Sitole? Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, first of all, the experience that we, 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 we have we have seen national national taxi protests across the across the country following the regulation which forces taxes to carry a reduced capacity. Like all industries, the transport sectors need to balance the safety of its people with getting to get to them to work. Unfortunately, government bid to to keep inflation from rising did not apply to the taxi industry. As we saw rapid and high increases in the tax fees, which incre- increased transport costs of many people who did not have the luxury of taking personal mode of transport. These people were often the first to take salary card within the down- lockdown of the country, which increased their burden. Government needs to assist the people using taxi with fair subsidy to combine the effect of lockdown. A fair subsidy needs to be different from the ones of taxi relief fund as it must set measurable objective in kickstarting the economy. Taxes are used by the majority of communities, even though they are not expensive than other modes of transport, of public transport. They are also more easily available and offer stock that other public transport cannot. They are important in the sector must be ignored. According to the research, the taxi industry alone employs about 300,000 drivers and 100,000 taxi marshals. It also benefits 100,000 car washers and 150,000 vendors and taxi rents. Uh, taxi rents. In the report, we see the failure by the government to recognize the real working class through the subsidization of fares which could not which which would which should work for the benefit of our economy the failure of plaza further emphasized the, the need for the private support in transportation needs of, of, of south africa again we another sectors of our state being looted and plaza is now in the limelight of illegal contract and mara administration in the zondo commission why the committee recommended the plaza need to better to its assets from turf and vandalism, we are worried about the possible corrupt, corrupt tenders that will arise out of doing so. South Africa. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Briet. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, if you talk about silo decision-making, this department epitomizes it. Having read through the final revised APP of the department, it is clear that they are not blind to the challenges that they as a department and we as a country face when it comes to transport in its different forms. And I have to commend that. 
Ek wonder wel of die departement self hierdie plan van hulle gelees het, toe hulle met die nieuwe aangepaste begroting voor een dag gekom het. Dit wat hulle erken as probleemarea's wat focus nodig het, vind min tot geen uiting in die begroting. What is a matter of grave concern and does not bode well for the future post-COVID-19 is the 2,6 billion rand decrease in allocation to the road transport program. Furthermore, the Provincial Road Management Grant, Maintenance Grant, is also being reduced by 1,8 billion rand. Also take into account that because of COVID-19, there is already a backlog with road maintenance in all provinces. I'm from the Free State, and I can attest to the state of the roads, and I'm sure my colleagues in especially Northwest, but the majority of other provinces feel the same. In the Free State, we say, we do not drive on the left of the road. We drive on what is left of the road. Post-COVID-19, this decrease will have a tremendous effect on our country's ability to get back on its feet. But let's take a look at the department's own problem statement. It reads, one of the most pressing issues facing modern society today, both globally and particularly within the South African context, is road safety. By 2030, road traffic crashes are expected to become the fifth leading cause of fatalities worldwide, overtaking AIDS and TB. In South Africa, approximately 23,5 people per 100,000 lost their lives on the country's roads in 2014. This in comparison to the 2015 WHO Global Status Report on Road Safety that affirms the global average of road fatalities at 17,4% per 100,000. Can you imagine the latest stats? Recently, alcohol was banned for the second time because our ERs were unnecessarily flooded by alcohol-related injuries. Surely, if 45 people die on our roads per day, we should invest in our road transport and safety programs. Na die pandemie gaan dit vir Suid-Afrika uiters nodig wees om een goeie infrastructuur te hee om die ekonomie te stimuleer. As ons paie infrastructuur lyk soos wat het tans doen, gaan ons nie die nodige stimulering van die ekonomie sien, wanneer die grendelstaat uiteindelik gelig word nie. Verder gaan ons moet kyk na ons openbare vervoer. In aangenome die huidige klimaatskrisis en geweldige pas van aardverwarming, is dit uiters onverantwoordelik van die departement om vooral op openbare vervoer en spoorwee een bedrag van 1 miljard rand elk te besnoei. We need a reliable transport system for the transport of bulk goods whilst preserving the state of our roads and the environment. South Africa and the world cannot have greenhouse gas emissions continue to skyrocket and continue to negatively affect our planet. The department needs to focus on public transport so as to encourage use by commuters, transport of goods whilst reducing our carbon footprint. Om Suid-Afrika's ekonomie te groei, is daar infrastructuurontwikkeling en instandhouding nodig om soedoende een gunstigte omgeving vir die privaatsektor daar te stel om werk te skep en te belee. Die noodbegroting is echter geprioritiseer om slechts nie korttermijn behoeftes as gevolg van COVID-19 te voorsien. Dit is maatskapelijk gerig en nie gerig om die langtermijn volhoubare welvaart in die land te skep nie. Voorzitter, Daarom is hier die uiters belangrike departement, maar sonder die nodige politieke wil en correcte prioritisering, gaan hier die net nog een slag had op die pad van Suid-Afrika se verval wees. Ek dankie. Waar, waar? Waar, waar? Die next speaker is the Honorable Swart.
Is the Honourable Swart from the ACDP on the platform? Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, the ACDP has noted the downward adjustment for this budget vote by 4.6 billion, and this is obviously as a result of COVID-19. And of course, we agree with the Minister that transport is indeed the backbone of the economy, but this reduction will, of course, have an impact, as previous speakers have indicated, on the state of our roads. And while the lockdown has undoubtedly contributed to less injuries and fatalities on the roads, these figures are, again, increasing as the lockdown restrictions are eased. And, of course, we're all aware of the deplorable state of the road accident fund and the financial situation that is facing it as claimants are struggling up to 10 years to succeed with their claims. The issue relating to PRASA has been referred to by previous speakers and we join the frustration almost expressed by Judge Zonda of the Zonda Commission as to why no one has been held liable for the looting and the ill-gotten gains haven't been recovered from a period of looting that we are all aware of. We do believe from the ACDP side that more action could have taken in this regard. Obviously, the bone of contention relates to whether taxis should be permitted to travel with 100% occupancy on local routes. And Minister, the ACDP appreciates that this decision, as you've indicated, can lead to a rapid spread of COVID-19 amongst commuters and that the Medical Advisory Council recommended 40% capacity, which was not accepted. At the same time, we appreciate that the taxi industry is not, not subsidized and as a result is under severe pressure because of bank loans financing the taxis. How does one balance this then for, of protecting lives and livelihoods? People need transport to go to work and of course to obtain their income we're fully aware that about 3 million South Africans have already lost their jobs during the lockdown. And so from the ACDP's perspective, we'd encourage government to continue discussions with the banking sector to see whether those debt burdens facing taxi owners can be alleviated. And we also note the 1.135 billion rand extra tier payment that will be given to the sector. And we understand that there's still negotiations. One's got to ensure that these funds are fairly and equitably distributed so that everyone can benefit from those funds. And of course, one's got to be careful about looting in that regard. At the end of the day, Minister, the ACDP appreciates that you are between a rock and a hard place, almost damned if you do and damned if you don't when it came to the local taxi community. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Sheikh Imam. Thank you. Thank you, House Chair. Uh, let me start off by acknowledging the report that is here before us. And let me say that the National Freedom Party uh, supports the adjustment budget table here today. But having said that, the House Chair uh, and Minister is in the House, uh, we know the situation and the crisis this particular department has had pre-COVID-19. And, you know, we've said previously in the House, changing ministers are not necessarily the solution. But you also have to look at what the problems are lower down. What the yeah, it's fired that one. That's why there's problems. <laughs> are we there now, Chair? 
please proceed, Honorable yeah. Sheikh Imam. Your okay. signal is quite bad. Yeah, and, 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 you know, the problems appear to be lowered on. And let me give you some ideal examples, Minister, and I'd like you to take cognizance of this. Did you know that the transport department is responsible for a very high crime rate, particularly in hijacking of cars and trucks in South Africa? And let me tell you why. It's because of the corruption that exists in the licensing departments, the roadworthy centers, the scrapyards, together with criminal syndicates working with banks and others. It's something that I'd like your department to look at very seriously in being able to deal with it. Our concern is, and I know you're in a very difficult position, Minister, particularly when it comes to the taxi association, allowing 100% because we did not have any more resources to provide them is not the route to go. Because on the one hand, we say how important it is to socially distance yourself. The very same passengers and children have now got to sit almost on top of each other in a taxi to be able to go, which means you're increasing the risk of infection and fatalities in the country. So that's another matter that we have a serious problem. There are serious problems, particularly with Prasa and the railway police. Did you know the Belver unit? plus the Philippi unit have had no electricity for since last year. And these are supposed to be the railway police attached to the South African police services. But because Prasa has not been paying this, they're sitting on a very, very difficult situation. And, 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 and we're not expecting miracles from your department. We know the challenges that you face. But what we are calling for is some measures to be put in to deal with these challenges because the transport sector, particularly this department, for years have been having difficulties. And so we are asking you to look together with your counterparts at the lower level of governance in this particular department to put adequate measures to deal with the current challenges that, that you face. The, the reduction in the allocations we know is going to have a negative impact in you being able to succeed in wanting to bring about certain positive changes. However, we must be mindful of the fact that these changes have to be made in order to improve the services that need to be provided, particularly by your department. The National Freedom Party supports your adjustment budget. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Mabena. An efficient and inexpensive transportation system contributes to greater competition in the marketplace, greater economies of scale in production and reduced prices of goods, mobility of people and move services in an economy. Ideally, transport should be a key economic driver in any self-respecting emerging economy, and such an entity is characterized by good and decisive leadership, coordination, planning, monitoring, and implementation. However, our Department of Transport fails dismally at this basic concept. Chairperson, a reallocation of 29 million rents towards masks and sanitization for a tax industry is welcome. However, the big elephant in the room is the project management fees to be paid to the implementing agent. Chairperson, the money meant to maintain existing roads and build new roads in some of the poorest provinces is reduced by 1.7 billion rands. This is despite the fact that some of these provincial roads are, are really in a terrible condition. Again, Chairperson, another casualty due to ANC incompetence is the public transport network grant, which saw a reduction of 1.9 billion rands. And the inconceivable reason provided by the department is that there were delays in planned construction project. This, however, is not true. The real reason is that some of these municipalities were allocated these funds despite the fact that they had no sound or plausible plans on how they would spend and implement these critical projects. 
Again, lack of coordination and sheer incompetence. Chairperson, a tale of misaligned tracks is busy unfolding in Prasa, where cadres looted Prasa to a point where they can't even secure their own infrastructure. And this poses a grave danger to the operations of the entity. They can't even guarantee the safety of their own commuters. At the center of it all are the high court disputed security contracts by benefactors of comrades. Praza has all but collapsed and remains a risk to the fiscals. Jefferson, in conclusion, the government should unbundle Praza and allow provinces and cities such as the well-run city of Cape Town to take charge of some operations. Because currently it is just a tale of misaligned tracks. Coordinate, monitor, and impose stringent qualifying criteria for the allocation of PTNGs to municipalities. Scrap the housing improvement uh, project because it is busy bankrupting Sanral and its credit rating is deteriorating. Lastly, the Muloto Railway Corridor remains a pipe dream. The ANC lied to the Mpumalanga voters. Get Thank you, Honourable Member. As I mean, over to the temporary presiding officer, the Honourable Mashla Ule, I call upon the Honourable Yabo from the African National Congress. Honourable Chairperson, uh, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Minister, Honourable Deputy Minister, Honourable Members of the Portfolio Committee, Honourable Members, Compatriots. The ANC supports this adjustment budget. We meet in this August House during Mandela month to debate the adjustment appropriations bill for the Department of Transport. President Holy Sasa Mandela epitomized the seventh leader. And our nation is grateful for his contribution and sacrifice for the liberation of our country. Sacrificing the present is the bedrock of building a solid foundation and base for posterity. The current pandemic that has the globe in its throngs demands no less from us as leadership and a nation state. And its impact is mostly felt in the current adjustment budget. The ANC government remains a people-centered government and remains alive to the challenges besetting our country in the transport sector, even with the need for austerity measures to be applied. The recent skirmish and impasse between the taxi industry and government on the compliance with the COVID-19 regulations lends itself to a need to have an in-depth conversation between both parties about a thoroughgoing process to transform the operating model of the industry to put the commuter first. The nagging question arises in this instance, as in all other situations, how do we save lives while saving the economy? We have to lord the minister for maintaining an open door policy for all stakeholders to be able to air their views and consternation on any matter of mutual benefit and interest in the taxi industry. Notable of this is the leadership he provided during the impasse. The minister has suggested that there are plans afoot that will be focused on the full regulation, formalization, and professionalization of the tenders. And I think we should lord such leadership in this instance. The ANC government had committed a budget of 62 billion rands in February, which is now being revised down to 257.4 billion, creating a shortfall of 4.6 billion rands. 
This shortfall means that areas that would have otherwise enhanced services in the sector and contributed to our economy are now on the back foot to do so. But transport remains the next center of the economic endeavors carried about by the various industries and people of our country. And we have to note that the Ministry and the Department of Transport have ascertained to keep uh, and resuscitate infrastructure projects that have been geared to ensuring that AXA, Sanran, and Prasa continue with their uh, modernization projects and the implementation of key infrastructure along key corridors. And we have to note that uh, even under immense pressure of this current pandemic, the department continues to think about the impact of the COVID-19 scourge that has the world in its throngs. In closing, the concessions that have been reached in this important uh, milieu of our lives, especially the public transport space, the taxi industry, is a reckoning for us that we should understand the importance of uh, mutual patterns working together to achieve certain goals that we have aspired to achieve as a country. And we should keep the spirit of cooperation alive in ensuring that we attain those goals. They may have been setbacks, they may have been failures, but it is not on us to sit back on our laurels, but to address those failures where there needs to be a reckoning, where there needs to be consequence management. It must be done so without fear or favor. The NC government is committed to the transformation of our economy, the transformation of the transport sector for more inclusive growth and the participation of those who would have been a, a historically disadvantaged individuals. And 